Hello and welcome to episode number 88 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. That's R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill, and I want to first and foremost say thank you to everybody who listened to episode 87. We had a very big week. We had a very big week when it comes to donations. It seems like the show has uh, really hit a nerve with people. And that's what we were trying to do with the last episode. So thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting Random Thoughts. And I was wondering, how are we going to follow up today's show? And it's, it's an almost an impossible show to do better than to keep that kind of momentum going. And the world has made it a little bit rougher for me to do that, which is uh, probably why the last episode was about the longest random thoughts we've ever done. Today, maybe the shortest. We'll see how the rant goes. But had a little health issue, nothing life threatening or anything like that. But had a little bout with atrial fibrillation, which we've talked about in the four uh, before. It had happened after I had my gallbladder surgery and was pretty dehydrated. And it went into that. And it's basically when your heart decides to not beat in a normal sinus rhythm and it can cause your heart to race and do all sorts of fun stuff. Don't know exactly what set it off. Did have a little bit of a stomach issue about two o'clock in the morning, which would be on uh, Monday night going into Tuesday. You know, got up, had a little ginger ale, then woke up yesterday morning with still a stomach ache, but with the uh, heart racing, put one of them little pulsometer things on, and the heart rate was at 160 beats per minute. And then the AFib started. So called my doctor, went in to see him. Uh, before this happened, I figured, okay, maybe I was a little dehydrated or something. Was Monday, I mean, a bonus grumpy old Ben's. And probably didn't drink enough water, was drinking a lot of coffee, so maybe a little dehydrated because I did a couple bottles of Gatorade and did start to feel better by the time I got into the doctor yesterday, which is a whole new experience in the land of COVID. But by the time I got in, I was feeling a little bit better. They did an EKG. No problem as far as the atrial fibrillation goes. was a normal sinus rhythm, but... The heart rate was still a little bit elevated, a little bit over 100. So I will be seeing a cardiologist to get this all checked out again next week. But I was also put on a medication now called, uh, what is it, Metaprolol. And uh, it has a couple of side effects because it will keep your heart from racing, but it can make you a little bit lightheaded, little kind of dizzy, not having the dizzy, but the lightheaded and fatigue, it is real. So I'm kind of. Hoping I can keep a train of thought going here and not ramble or anything like that. So if if I do, I'll blame it on the medication, because even though it's a very minor dose, although he said I could cut those pills in half. So tomorrow morning, maybe do that. And for Friday, so uh, I can keep up with Bemrose and grumpy old Ben's. But, uh, you know, it's needed. You got to keep these things in check. You definitely got to get them checked out when you have any kind of health issues. But, you know, all sorts of fun stuff going to the doctor. I mean, my doctor have a really good reputation, our relationship with him. He has a really good reputation, but we have a good relationship. And he knows if I'm calling him, it's nothing minor. (laughs) It's, uh, you know, I'll get in. So that was good. We were able to get in right away. The new system, though, 
in these doctor's offices, you know, they don't allow anybody in the waiting room. They want you to wait in your car. When you come in, maybe one person then is in the waiting room. You have to wear a mask going in, of course. That makes sense. And, you know, half the chairs were gone in the waiting room. And every everybody is wearing masks. They have the big shields up between you and the girls behind the desk, even when you're checking in or giving your co-payment and all that. So it's a whole new world order. And I checked with the doctor, you know, about some other things. I'm like, well, how, so how is this COVID thing really going? And he said he had about 50 patients who were positive with COVID. I don't know how many patients he has. I'm assuming hundreds and hundreds of patients. So, you know, it's not everybody, but there was enough. And it's around. And of those cases, I'm sure all sorts of different severities to them. But it's still real, which leads me into a lot of the stuff we want to talk about today when it comes to what's going on in the world with these protests. What's going on with social justice? What's going on with Black Lives Matter? I saw somebody had posted on one of the socials that if you now turn Siri on, I mean, you know, not sexually or anything, but if you activate Siri on your iPhone or on your iPad, and then I tried this, and you just say all lives matter, it brings you to a screen with a link to Black Lives Matter. Now, this is a little concerning. And I did read also, haven't tried it with a Google Home device. The Google Home devices will do the same exact thing. Now, this really starts bothering me when you're asking for one thing specifically and you're being taken in a completely different direction. I'm not saying that this is as serious as this following example. But I'm not necessarily saying it's not because I think we're going down a slippery slope. But just imagine if this kind of technology existed back in the World War II era and somebody in Germany wanted to do a search for something about, you know, the Jewish religion, you know, you might have been brought to a whole different page. What's going on now is very, very concerning. You can't talk bad about Black Lives Matter because there's no way to separate anymore the concept that Black Lives actually matter with the group. The first, a very good thing. The second, a very bad thing when you actually do the research and go figure out exactly what it is that they want, including defunding all of the police. You see what's going on in Seattle right now. They took over, what, a six-block area? I mean, that's going to go really well. I don't think the average American is going to put up with this stuff. And I don't think that the average American wants a world where protesters go out and take over the street. Because you're no longer a protester at that point. You are vigilantes. You are revolutionaries. You are anarchists. There's no other way around that. Now, when they all want to cover what's going on, they'll be like, well, you know, there's good protesters out there along with the rioters and looters. Because you can't, no matter what you do, you just can't lump everybody together. Well, unless everybody are the cops, then what a handful of cops do makes the other 80,000 cops in the United States 
bad. I don't get how that all works. I mean, I do, because that's how leftists work. The concept of fairness goes out the window. The concept of rationality goes out the window. And we're talking far leftists. So don't tell me like, oh, well, my grandma's a little bit of a uh, liberal. You're calling your racist. No, I'm not. But we have to generalize. You have to call the people something. And I don't want to keep calling them, you know, scumbags or something like that, because then you'd all be complaining about that as well. But as we talked about in the previous episode, not all cops are bad. But it leads me to believe, again, I talked to my doctor about COVID. I'm seeing things in places around the world and in the United States, specifically where COVID is rearing its ugly head and getting a little bit worse again. And I just thought about it for a second. I'm like, well, you know, if COVID's real and it seems to be, how come the media and those that are leading, you know, the Nancy Pelosi's and all on the left, why are they okay with these protests? Because if the COVID's out there, the people that are taking part in these protests are risking their lives, quite literally. And I've played chess ever since I was a young kid. And this kind of seems to make sense because the people on the front lines, the people that are out marching and the people that are out rioting and looting are all just really pawns to those that are leading these efforts. And if you play chess, you know that the job of the pawn is to die and be sacrificed in order for the other pieces to do what they want, for the higher ranking pieces to do what they want. And there is absolutely no difference in the game of chess and what's going on in the political sphere right now, because COVID, if it's real, and it seems to be, if a lot of these protesters end up getting ill, you know, maybe killing their older family members, the people in charge don't care because this is about pushing a narrative. This is about getting what they want at all costs, even if the cost happens to be the lives of the people that they're using in order to achieve their goals. They hate Trump. They hate capitalism. And if they have to sacrifice you, protester, to do that, that's what they're going to do. The media, if they really cared about all Black Lives Matter, as we talked about in the previous episode, why aren't they talking about Chicago, the most deadly weekend in Chicago history happened a week ago over the weekend? So not this weekend that just happened, the weekend before that most deadly weekend ever. And it all makes sense. They don't care about black lives. If they cared about black lives, they wouldn't be marching over one guy and not worried about the tens of people that were just killed in Chicago over one weekend. And that's just disturbing on a whole sorts of different levels. And the fact that the mainstream media ignores that and then social media not only ignores it, but tries to censor anybody speaking the truth. Where is this going to lead us? The mainstream media only tells you one side. The social media actively silences the other side. And if you're looking for the truth, if you're looking for information on the Internet, where do you go? You go to a search engine. Well, you've already found out you can't trust Google because, of course, if Google Home is taking all lives matter and sending you to Black Lives Matter, we all know what's going on with Google. 
We've heard about this for years that they are giving search results based upon ideology. So you have to figure this is what's going to be happening from here on out. And if you want to talk about an area where there is very little competition, search engines is one of them. I mean, there may be a ton of search engines out there, but I did a search. (laughs) Ironic, I know, for the best search engines of 2020. And once you get past Google and Bing, you have DuckDuckGo, which is what I've been using. And you have Yahoo, which really isn't all that much of a search engine anymore. It really starts falling off. Even some of the other things that we've talked about in the past, like startpage.com, are taking results from Google. So it's kind of taking your information out of the mix, but you're still getting the Google results. So it's not that far of a jump to believe that somewhere soon, if we're not ready hitting this, getting information that you want is going to become impossible if that information that you want disagrees with the current woke world. This is why it's important to find a source that you believe, find a source that you can trust and support that source. I've talked about Bill O'Reilly a few times over the last few podcasts, and he's a guy, even though he's been a part of the big machine of the media over the last 45 years, seems to be the most accurate and honest source out there right now. He actually does say negative things about Donald Trump, even though he's friends with Donald Trump, which also tells me something about Donald Trump, which is as long as your buddies are being honest. They can say things that maybe you won't like, and you can still remain friends. But I mean, of course, Trump bad, orange man bad. He's a Nazi. If you want to listen to the left and MSNBC and CNN and those kind of sites. The Overton window is also very real. It's something we talked about in the past, which is the concept that as things move in one direction, the more and more you will accept, meaning, oh, well, they'll show you the very severe side they'll show you the really radical side and then you'll be willing to accept something a little bit less and i do believe this is already happening as well people a couple of years ago started mentioning the drudge report which was once a conservative site tried and true and this was the place you would go to for conservative news and links quickly became a Trump-hating and kind of Republican-hating site with a lot of the news they were pushing. Rumor has it, I mean, Drudge is a very, very elusive guy. People don't know a whole lot about him or the site, what's going on. It seems like maybe the site was sold or he just turned because the news on Drudge, the focus has changed. The focus on Fox News has changed as well. When Rupert Murdoch passed away. The kids are now running it. They're much more liberal. And yeah, you still got Sean Hannity on there. But anybody that tries to tell you that Fox News is all conservative just hasn't watched the network in a decade because that's simply not the truth either. But this Overton window is a concept Glenn Beck talked about like 10 years ago or so. And it's what I'm seeing happen here. This Black Lives Matter stuff. Well, they took over, you know, six city blocks in Seattle. Well, you know, we can't let that stand, but you know what? We'll, we'll give into there. We don't need the police anymore. I mean, I don't understand how that doesn't turn into they take over the whole city and the country if there were no police. But hey, logic has no place with feelings. We've already learned that. 
And this is why being a woke culture will lead to a lot of bad things. I think there's only one simple answer. Talk to real people in your real life. I know they tell you, don't talk about religion. Don't talk about politics with family and friends. I think that's exactly what you should be talking about with family and friends. I mean, if Donald Trump could listen to Bill O'Reilly say things where he thinks that he did things that are wrong. So O'Reilly saying he thinks Trump did things incorrectly and still be friends, then you should be able to do that with your family and your friends. And if they cannot take your points of view so much where they don't want anything to do with you, then you're probably better washing your hands of them anyway. The only way this country is going to come together is if everybody has a dialogue, seeking out people with different viewpoints and having a dialogue. It's hard to do online. You may be able to initiate this online, but having these conversations on something like Twitter, just not going to happen. Facebook, not going to happen. The mob mentality is too ingrained. And that's not what you get. When you meet people in real life, there is a switch that goes on in people's heads online and they can become much more of a dick when it comes to what they're saying. And they have much less of a filter than if you have to look somebody in the eye and say something to them. So try that. That's a much better way to go have a real conversation with real people and feel free. To engage me in a dialogue if you would like Darren at randomthoughts.com, D-A-R-R-E-N at randomthoughts, R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com. And I do want to thank the people that sent in donations this week. As I said at the top of the show, by far the best week of donations we ever had here on Random Thoughts. We have a small crew that listens to the show regularly, and I really appreciate everybody's time. My buddy Larry over on that Larry show in his latest episode talked about the fact that there's like 700,000 podcasts out there. There may be up to a million, according to some people. And the fact that you're listening to my show or to Larry's show or to Grumpy Old Ben's, we appreciate the time. We appreciate you letting us into your lives to spew crazy things sometimes and just get a lot of things off of our chest and hopefully bring you content that you find to be entertaining, enlightening, and to make your world a better place instead of all the negativity that is around. First and foremost on the list today for donors is our good buddy Jay Finley, aka Walkman, who is the overall executive producer of Random Thoughts from episode one to episode 88 here. By far the biggest donor we've had And we truly appreciate it. The note he sent along with his $50 donation this week was, love you, brother. Great rant on the latest. I mean, I don't want to admit it, but I think a little bit of Ryan Bemrose from Grumpy Old Ben's is rubbing off on me a little bit. I'm getting that rant game and kind of moving it up and realizing, you know, there is another level. I mean, of course, then it could have just sent my heart into overdrive. So maybe it's unhealthy to rant that much. I don't know. Maybe you have to have Bemrose DNA to handle that kind of rant. I don't know. Next up, we have Sir OMA of the No Agenda Roundtable. We just call him Omaha. 3333. It was four hitting 3333 in karmas over in the No Agenda Troll Room. 
And if you don't hang out in the No Agenda Troll Room, especially when we do Grumpy Old Ben's Friday mornings at 11 a.m. Central, you're missing out on all the fun. And the Troll Room can be found at noagendastream.com. But thank you, Sir OMA. Next is $33 from our buddy Paul, a.k.a. Sir Candinavian. We appreciate him always checking in with the No Agenda Rock and Roll pre-show that we do on Thursdays and Sundays. Grumpy Old Ben's and here on Random Thoughts. He hears me talk a lot, and it is very much appreciated that uh, you want to hear more. Either that or the $33 might just be to go away. I don't know. Next up is a grumpy old Ben's expert, Sir Eric VM. Uh, He tweeted about the last episode of Random Thoughts saying he really enjoyed the rant. So again, I'm not giving Bemrose any credit, but we appreciate it, Eric. And next up was the best note out of all of them which comes in from Serenivis Murti, $25, and said he's just making up for his a-hole governor, Northam, there in Virginia for his antics. And we appreciate that, because as we talked about in the last episode, Governor Northam didn't want to send the National Guard in to help the White House, which, I mean, kind of a jerk move, no doubt about it. So in Virginia, Northam, bad, Murti, good. So thank you very much, sir. And last but certainly not least is Keith Von Dyke, who is a monthly donor to the show. $10, very much appreciated. So thank you, Keith, and everybody for helping us keep the lights on, the microphone sounding good, all the audio gear humming in a really good way. If you'd like to donate to the show, you can do that at randomthoughts.com, R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com. Click that little donate button. Look for the P.O. box if you want to go snail mail. And there's even a QR code if you want to do the whole Bitcoin thing. It's also the place you want to go in order to subscribe to the show on any of your favorite podcasting apps or even directly via email. So you never miss an episode of the Random Thoughts podcast. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with me once again. I hope we didn't babble incoherently or anything here because, you know, that whole lightheaded thing, it's a hell of a feeling. But send me out a little bit of the health karma, if you can, good vibes and all that, so we can continue doing this show for a nice long time. We'll be back next Wednesday with another Random Thoughts, and I'm guessing the rant level may be going up yet again. But until next time, I am Darren O'Neill. Thank you for listening.